Welcome to the Scalar Learning Podcast, your central hub for all things related to education. Join us every episode for the most up-to-date tips and strategies on how to maximize student potential. Sit back, listen, and enjoy. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Scale It Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Huzefa, as always. And today we are talking about an interesting way to get students engaged, get them excited about learning and discussing and thinking about what they're learning, and that is via student blogging. So I came across a couple really cool articles about student blogging. In fact, one is from a vice principal named George Koros. He has his own blog where he explains precisely why he thinks student blogging can be so powerful, more from the perspective and vantage point of his own experiences as a blogger. And then I also came across this really cool post from two eighth graders who started a blog for their school. And they discussed, actually, the writing is very good, too. So in this blog post, they actually detail and discuss all the things that they learned and why blogging was so beneficial for them. I think it's really cool. I, of course, also currently have a blog, and I've, I had another blog uh, for a couple of years about, about law and about what that was like, about what law school was like, etc. And I think that blogging can be a cathartic experience Especially if there are things that are happening in your life that you want to talk about, you want to think about, but maybe you don't necessarily feel comfortable talking to any particular person about it. And if you have this medium now where you can express your thoughts, but not just express them verbally, but in, in writing, it can be helpful. It can be it can be great as far as going through whatever you need to go through, but it also can be an amazing avenue to work on and fine-tune your writing abilities. I know I recommended this for, for some of my students as well to start a blog about whatever they wanted to write about. It could be about what they're learning in school. It could be about the books that they're reading. I have a, a few students that read all the time. They love to read, which is such a great habit. But it can be whatever you want. I mean, that's the goal. I remember realizing how much I love to write and how enjoyable it was and how much better my writing was too when I was able to write about things that I actually cared about. And and that was my experience when I had first started the blog for sort of reflecting on my on my legal career. I didn't do I didn't have it while I was actually practicing law, but it was after the fact and it was such a fun endeavor. I just I really enjoyed it. I loved it. I loved getting feedback from people and comments and and I could write with my own voice. I wasn't, it's a different thing when you have to write professionally for something or you have to either sort of partake in legal writing or whatever it may be. And you have to adapt and mold your voice to whatever your your profession needs. But when you can just do it and it's just a pure representation of you, it can be very, very fun. So I definitely recommend it. So what we're going to do now is I'm going to jump into this this awesome article from the Edgy Blogger, and it's called Lessons from the Badger Rock Times. And and the reason why it's called the Badger Rock Times 
is this is from a school where I think the, the, it's called the, the Badgers is their school mascot. So they have this Badger Rock Times news, uh, blog that they that they started, these two students. So I'm going to go ahead and read from this blog, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit. And then I'm going to we're going to go through George Koros's article as well, where he espouses a few particular reasons why he thinks blogging is so important for students. It's second quarter, and we, two nerdy eighth graders, have just been chosen to be the editors of our class blog. The blog will consist of articles, essays, poems, and later on artwork, a scavenger hunt, and a favorite song chosen by our class. Our blog helped our class because more motivated because our class became more motivated to write, improve our writing skills, and become more comfortable putting our pieces out into the real world. With an audience other than our language arts teacher, we were motivated to put more effort into our work. And this is such a cool uh, thing, by the way, too. We had when we talk about project-based learning. So I had an episode a couple weeks ago about project-based learning. One thing we see is that a big motivator for kids beyond grades, even much more powerful than grades oftentimes, is showing the work to friends, family, classmates. And that can really be a positive source of pressure, if you want to call it that, as far as trying to create something that's really cool, polished, that looks good, and that's a representation a good representation of whoever the author is. So I think this is, again, echoing those same ideas that if we do have stuff where we're putting it on display, it can be a really a really good motivator. The first step in our editorial process was to get kids to start writing. We asked them to write pieces and then submit them in to be edited. The pieces centered around the writing that Mr. Kyle assigned for the quarter, articles and informational essays, but could include many different genres. The first pieces tended to come from our more advanced students, but after a while, the submissions came from a larger and more diverse range of students. Once a piece was sent in, we corrected grammatical mistakes as well as capitalization and punctuation issues. We also dealt with the content, asking our peers to dig deeper into their topics. We asked them to provide more details, supply more evidence, and add quotes. After they had fixed what they thought needed to be changed, they sent it back to us for another edit. This part of the process sometimes went on for a few days until both the editor and the student felt like the piece fit both of our needs. After everyone felt the piece was ready, we copied and pasted it into edgy blogs and added details like the date, name, and pictures before posting it. In the last few weeks of posting our pieces on edgy blogs, we noticed that most people weren't very active when it came to reading and contributing comments to the blog. So we decided to upgrade our blog with some new categories. The categories included an art gallery where students could feature their art pieces, a weekly top 100 billboard song that the students voted on, and a scavenger hunt. In the end, the Badger Rock Times was a huge success and helped our class become closer as well as better writers. Not only did we have fun, but our class created a victorious blog complete with art, poetry, articles, essays, and a scavenger hunt. The most important thing that we came out of this experience with was if you put your mind to something, you can make it happen. I think this is really cool because you see all the different pieces of the puzzle that ha- that took place with, with this whole experience. So, for example, they had the opportunity to edit, to work with other students. There's actually, I skipped over one part. It kind of goes into great detail about one particular student that was quite obstinate and didn't want his or her work to be edited and critiqued. 
And they, they talk about that and how it was difficult to deal with that student. And then eventually they couldn't, they couldn't include his material or his or her material. And that's an interesting, that's an important experience for both parties to go through that and to have to be the editors on their side for him having to have his work critiqued and broken down. And maybe he wasn't okay, he or she wasn't okay with it, but maybe one day that will change. They also talk about this idea of analyzing the blog and saying, hey, we're not getting enough engagement. We're not getting people commenting and interacting with the pieces. Let's modify it. Let's add some artwork. Let's add some some stuff about music, which everybody likes music, especially I think students are particularly into music at that age. So I think it's great. It shows all these, it had all these different amazing elements. And you can tell from, from I mean, because this is written from the student, you can tell that their writing has absolutely improved. It must have. I mean, for an eighth grader to write, it's just neat, clean writing. There's, it's, it's very easy to understand. It flows so this, to me, is is a terrific start for somebody who seems to be interested in writing. And I, I think it's such a great idea. I also am now going to jump into an article from George Kuros. And he's, he's a division principal of innovative teaching and learning with the Parkland School Division in Alberta, Canada. So we're going to read through one of his articles. It says, Five Reasons Your Students Should Blog. And... Let's get into it. So first he says, open reflection. How many times do we actually sit down and take time to reflect on what we have learned? How many times do we go to a conference and it is a speaker after speaker after speaker with no time to sit down and reflect? Instead of simply dumping information into our brains, we have to take time to think about what we are learning and make meaningful connections. Blogging has been hugely beneficial in doing this for myself because I've seen the benefits of sitting down, writing, and reflecting on what I've learned while also learning to create an emotional connection to the information. So this this resonates with me because, as I said, I've been blogging for a little while now and taking that time to actually sit down and write about what you are processing, not only does it firm it up in your mind to a substantial degree, but it will allow you to make conclusions and arrive at realizations that I think you otherwise would have missed. I think this is definitely a good point. Especially if you're going to be blogging about books or things that you're learning about, man, it's just another avenue, it's just another way to really solidify that information. Number 2, developing literacy with different mediums. Blogging is a great way to write and share ideas, but there are many other ways that students can share content through platform. Using a site like SoundCloud can give students an easy opportunity to share their actual voice with the world. YouTube is an obvious one, but even presentations through SlideShare are helpful to tell stories in different ways. So I think what he's talking about here is, hey, maybe I think writing is probably one of the best ways because it'll not only help you share and reflect, but it'll work on a really valuable skill. But if you're absolutely opposed, if your child is absolutely opposed to writing, doesn't want to do it, try something else. But just try something where they can really express themselves. Having a YouTube channel, I think, is a great way to do that as well. But whatever is enjoyable, whatever they're going to like, give them a chance to do that. All right, number three, student voice. Building upon the last point, giving students a space to share their voice is extremely important. Blogging should not only be school-related, but learning-related. In a blog, you may learn a lot about not only what students are learning in school, but what they are passionate about and hopefully how we could serve them better as educators. So again, 
This is great. And it, it really will give you an opportunity as a parent or as a teacher to customize learning and to make it, maybe have more projects that are focused or centered around whatever the student's particularly excited about. All right, number four, creating an open archive of learning. At any point, I can go back to the beginning of my blog and see where I have learned. Almost 600 posts later, I can see how I have grown and what my thought process has become and how it has developed. I've seen the power of this by recently looking at my Twitter archives, but that is in only 140 characters. Through my blog, I'm able to look more in depth into what I have learned, and if I tag and categorize it properly, I am easily able to Google my own work as can anyone else. The opportunity to search this medium provide the opportunity to search that this medium provides makes it a lot easier to go back and revisit what I've learned in the past as opposed to flipping through notebook after notebook. That's very true too. One I hadn't really thought about. But obviously George has written tons and tons more, much more than I ever have so far. But that's very true. You can go back and look through and reflect, search. And it provides a very nice way to do that. And number five, developing a positive digital footprint. Recently, I spoke to a university class on the notion of developing their digital footprint, and I simply suggested that they learn openly, and their footprint will happen. It has been suggested by Will Richardson that our students should be able to be positive Google by their name by the time they graduate, and I would totally agree. What are we doing as a school to promote a positive footprint? I wish that I could say that I had the foresight that when I first started blogging that this would happen. But after doing it for several years, I realized that this is only one, albeit very important, side effect of writing a blog. And I think that's really cool. If you think about it, when students join the job market, and I remember this for myself as well, you're, you're told that you got to be careful about what's out there about you on Facebook or other social media platforms because a lot of times it will be looked up by employers. Sometimes they'll do it proactively and they'll really make a point to to look through everything that's online about somebody. Sometimes it's just somebody happening to want to do a little bit more research. And they might come across some things that look a little questionable. And that could cost somebody a job. Could say, well, I don't know, this is a little crazy. This person might be a little off the rails. Are we sure we want to bring them on board? Uh, well, let's go with this other candidate. It seems a little safer. And that can definitely happen. This is sort of going on the other side. Instead of simply extricating those negative pieces of information online, right? Like create maybe photos at a party or things like that that might. You never know how somebody can interpret them. But this is talking about, hey, instead of that, let's make a positive footprint. Let's put out all this content and amazing information that one day if somebody goes and looks it up, they're going to be like, oh, cool. He was writing about books or he was writing about his experiences at school. And down the line, whether you, when you're going to college or applying for a job, I think that's a great thing to be wary of or to be mindful of that you could create something positive out there, a, a begin a positive reputation out in the digital world. So that's my take on it. I know that there are some hesitations sometimes with having too much technology interaction with your kids, especially maybe during the summers or downtime when you'd rather have them going to camps or interacting. And, and I totally get that. But again, the I think that blogging could just be a small piece of what a student might work on, but just something that is consistent. Even if they put up an article a month 
an article every couple weeks, something like that, and whatever they might be thinking about. And eventually, if they really get into it, they can do it more consistently. But it's just another, it's really just another way of of writing as opposed to writing in a journal or something like that. And then they can share it. They can get feedback. You can check it out as a parent. So I think it can be such a, a really great and positive thing for young kids. And if you can see from that article, I have to believe that the quality of their writing is a product of the fact that they are blogging, they are getting critiqued, they are sharing, so on and so forth. So that's all for today's episode. I'm going to put a link to both these articles in the show notes. You can check out the show notes at www.scalarlearning.com. And if you have any questions or comments for me, feel free to email me at huzefa at scalarlearning.com. If you haven't done so yet, definitely go ahead and subscribe to this show in iTunes. I got new episodes coming out every day this summer. A lot of information. Tomorrow, we're going to be chatting with Ike, who is a rapper from Flocabulary. He raps on all sorts of educational topics, math, English. It's going to be really cool, really fun. We're going to talk about music and education and really how the two go hand in hand. So it's going to be a blast. You guys should definitely check that one out. And that's it. So I hope you guys enjoyed the show today. See you all next time. Take it easy. Skinner, learning.